Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm joined by Tom today. Hey Tom, happy December. Yeah, December. So getting ready for Christmas. The sprint to Christmas is here, as Father Michael said in his blog recently. So Yeah, four weeks. Well, yeah, less. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah, sprint to Christmas. And um, I don't know, do you like the Christmas season? Do you love it? or I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I get my shopping done very early. I don't go out on Black Friday. My sister and I were just talking about the Black Friday shopping. Um, I've done it once, and it was awful. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the Christmas season. You do? Okay. You don't, you don't, you're not I, you a know, huge fan? I'm try, I try not to be a Grinch. You What's know? your problem? How could you not like it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, the over-commercialization and yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff, and I should not let that um, get to me, but it does a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I, I need to... It just if it does feel like a burden to me, I'll be honest. It's just burden. it's just a burden, and so anyway, I need to not. Yeah, be a I do sometimes feel burdened by like making it so special. Yeah. with my kids and stuff. Um, there just seems a pressure. I, I, I yeah, I don't. Yeah. So like to cook the right food and to buy the most expensive food and crab cakes. That's where I I feel a little bit okay. of a burden. So I, I got you. I got you on that. I don't even know if it's. I think and I think somewhat working in a church. It, it is like Christmas Eve is just looming out there. Right. And it's a big work day. It's a big work day for us. Yeah. For us. And right. so there's all that stress. I think that's more the burden, which I know other people would be excited about that. But uh, so do you enjoy it? I don't then? even do anything. I don't really yeah. have any special really roll on <laughs> Christmas Eve, but I don't know. I, I you just, don't have to do any of the shopping or any of the cooking. Yeah, I don't do a lot. I, it's, I don't know why it is. Do I, you enjoy I, the week after Christmas then? Yeah, overall I do. Yeah, yeah I look forward to that. Yeah, me too. So I don't know. We're talking about gratitude at church. I should be more grateful. But I'm glad we're talking about that because I need to work on it. it. Yeah. So anyway. I think we all do during the holidays. That's not what we're talking about today. No, today we are talking about something that will really change the culture of your church. This one strategy. Cool. I'm I'm intrigued. This one strategy. I know what it it is. It might be the catalyst. (laughs) that makes your church worth returning to week after week. So, but before we get into that, let's review a couple of the things that we've been talking about over our last few podcasts. We've been talking about our three core strategies here at Nativity. Tom, what are our three core strategies? So again, we want to be welcoming or focused on outsiders. We want to create a great weekend experience, and we want to shape a clear discipleship path for the people in the pews. Okay. Great. And so over the past couple of podcasts, we've been talking specifically about that second one you mentioned, creating a great weekend experience. And last time on the show, we had Joe Weaver. That was fun. Last two shows? Did we do music for two two shows? Yeah, Yeah. great. Um, And so this week, the big reveal, Tom, what are we going to be talking about? So it's music, message, and then if you've been following us at all, you would know the third M is ministers. So by that we mean volunteer ministers mm-hmm. that create a spirit of hospitality. Okay, so. great. That's the secret. That's the, the secret. big secret That's reveal. That's the secret sauce right there. I think it, I mean, I really do think it is, it, and we'll we'll talk about why that is. It's definitely what brought me here. I mean, I started here 
um, as a minister within weeks of coming here. But why do we, why are they called ministers to begin with? Like when you, when you hear the word minister, you think of a priest or right, a pastor like, in some way. Yeah, in the Protestant kind of circles. Yeah, right. Like the, the, the head minister. Yeah, yeah. The religious person up on the altar. Right. Um, because, you know, a minister is someone who's just really a conduit of grace, right? Or conduit of God's blessing through mm-hmm. other people. We are, you know, a minister. What are you ministering? You're giving something away or giving grace. And so... We're all called to be members, ministers. So every member of ministers, what we say, you know, Ephesians talks about, you know, God gave so many pastors and teachers mm-hmm. to prepare the saints for the work of ministry. So whereas unfortunately there's kind of an idea that the the religious or the paid church staff people do the ministry and right. staff, you know, people in the pews just sit there and consume. Mm-hmm. No, we're trying to change that. So to, that every member of minister that God has called me in some ways to serve. And so... Our volunteer ministers are, are serving to make an impact. So, great. Does that, that explain? Do you want yeah. to add to that at all or no? Well, um, sure. One of the things that we say in orientation when, when people first decide to volunteer here at Nativity or become a minister, so we talk a little bit about that word as a minister. I loved how you said it. That was really beautiful how you just said it. Can you say that again? I don't know what I said. The conduit. So to well, conduit of God's, God's grace. God's blessing and yeah, grace. Conduit That's of God's beautiful. Grace, I love that it. God is using me. Yeah. To bring grace to other people. I'm going to say that in orientation now, because usually we say it's just someone who attends to the needs of others, which is also true, but I just like how you said it a little bit more. But someone who attends to the needs of others, just that's like the dictionary definition of ministering to someone. Okay. Um, so. So you'll take me over Webster? Yeah. Like yours <laughs> over Webster. Yours is much holier. And <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. And so, so we have lots of volunteer ministers here at Nativity, and we believe that's something that's moved us forward in, in huge ways. Why, why do we invest in volunteer ministers so much here at Nativity, and why has it moved us forward? Yeah, and again, what we're hoping they're going to do is be leaders in creating hospitality. So right. um, they're, the, they're the leaders. They're creating the culture. We'll kind of get to that a little bit more. Uh, and, and ultimately, why invest in hospitality? Because everyone matters to God. Um, and, you know, we were just talking before, someone I just was meeting with, Mike, and he came here and experienced it, and he's like, this is awesome. I've never felt this welcome in a church before. Um, so what do we communicate? You matter to God. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's somebody for whom Jesus died, uh, and hospitality communicates you matter. Uh, I love this quote from Dallas Willard. He says, to merely welcome another, to provide for him or her, to make a place is one of the most life-giving and life-receiving things that a human being can do. They are the basic universal acts of love. Our lives are meant to be full of such acts, drawing on the abundance of God, and they achieve their greatest fulfillment Like when, like Jesus, we lay down our lives for others. So, you know, it, it's just a basic act of human love to create a hospitable environment for people. Right. Right. Um, so why do we do it? Because we want to communicate to people that they matter. Uh, when they come to church on Sunday. Right, so. that they are loved. Wow, that's a heavy quote. I From like Dallas it. Willard. Yeah, yeah it is. Good stuff. That's something I ran across looking at something else, and now I've saved that quote for for talks and things like that. So yeah. It's a, it's a great quote. Yeah, that's a good one. So that's number one. People matter to God. So people matter and to hospitality God. hospitality communicates that. Yes. Great. What's number two? Why do we invest in hospitality so much? Well, then we want to be removing the obstacles that keep people from coming to God. So... Um, when people, especially people who haven't been to church in a long time mm-hmm. um, or don't have a connection to us, again, it helps lower their defenses. When I, co- I come in the church, you know, I'm not 
I'm not sure I'm accepted here. Right. And then the gospel brings a lot of hard truths. We're going to say things that are difficult. You know, last couple of weeks we were talking about money. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. I was just, again, I was talking to this guy, Mike. I'm like, interesting. You came here when we were talking yeah. about money. You never want someone's first time to be the day we're talking about money, right? And, and but it I happens. Had, but it happens. And, but you know what? The hospitality overwhelmed that message. Yeah. He didn't hear, oh, the church only wants my money. What he experienced was, I am loved and accepted here. No, he didn't put it exactly like that, but he's just like, it was an awesome, excellent experience. I yeah, wanted to come I want back. to come back. I right. want to come back. So, but we're more willing to to accept the hard truths of the gospel if I've been welcomed and accepted. Um, Andy Stanley likes to say, acceptance paves the way to influence. Well, hospitality, that communicates acceptance. Acceptance. So You're if you feel accepted, here. then we have an opportunity to influence you. Right. And now we can talk about money to you because you've already felt influence and you're not turned off by that. So um, it just allows, I I kind of have an analogy, I'm very militaristic, I guess, of like preaching as, you know, breaking through the walls that people build up around their hearts. It's like launching rocket ships into those walls Mm -hmm. because we build up walls against God. But that hospitality is breaking down those walls so the word of God can get through and yeah. pierce their hearts. And there's lots of obstacles, real obstacles. That's a great analogy, but there's lots of real obstacles. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, maybe on the Right. And some of those obstacles, just the hardening of our heart. And some of it's yeah. their past church experience or right. their flawed image of God because mm-hmm. of, um, you know, their parents or they're brought up. Right. With or the way other people have portrayed quote God. unquote Christians have portrayed God. Right. Yeah. Um, And so removing these obstacles really reaches the unchurched or or the outsiders and people on the periphery, too. I was telling Tom when we were preparing that um, in all through my 20s, I went to church every Sunday. I mean, I just because that's what you do. That's what my family did. And um, and I wanted to go to church, but it wasn't really appealing to me. I didn't feel welcomed or loved. I would sneak in the back and sit in the back late and then I would leave early. And so being welcomed when I came here. Um, was very different. I was on the periphery. I wanted to be there. I wasn't necessarily an outsider, but I sort of still was. And so that hospitality removed the obstacle for me that I just wanted to be, what's right. the word? Invisible. Periphery. Invisible. Yeah. Periphery. Invisible. That's a great word. And I think that's a good, great point for you. It, it not only reaches outsiders, but helps people that are per, not quite insiders, right. but on the periphery, as you say. Yeah. Be drawn more into the experience as it did for you. Yeah, so. I wasn't quite bought in. I was definitely the consumer. You know, I had to go and I had to get communion and then I could head out the door. Um, and so when when this kind of these ministers started ministering to me, I guess, even just welcoming and smiling and talking to me and reaching out to me and uh, it changed the way I looked at church first and then God second. Right. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Kelly. <laughs> I'm a good study. So that's 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 two of our what do we have? Five right. reasons here? We have five reasons why to invest in hospitality. What's our uh what's our third reason here? So number three, we just say creates a culture that well, kind of what we just said that is accessible to outsiders. So accessibility. Accessibility. Yeah. Um so volunteer ministers are the leaders again in creating that culture of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, your staff can't do it alone. No. I mean, you can't all be greeting and and seating people and parking people and you can't all be helping people right i mean i think you need to be a part of it but sure. without the volunteer ministers you just it you can't really again it's about creating that culture the culture right you know we think we said in the podcast a couple times before we've been saying that evangelization is not a program we do it's a culture we create mm-hmm. and so 
that your volunteer ministers helping you create that culture. You're, yeah. you got to be involving other people into that. Um, and again, that makes it accessible. The experience uh, is not inherently accessible to people who have not been there before. Again, as a church person, for you, okay, it was accessible enough. You knew what to expect. From uh, yeah, I asked. knew what to do. Right. Yeah. You, knew, you knew when to kneel. You knew when to stand. Correct. You knew, right. Yeah. You knew where, and if you've been here at least before, you know, although the first time you're here, you don't know where to go and those kind of things. But um, the hospitality makes it feel accessible. And, you know, we were talking about that. We're trying to think about exercises of time. This would be an important exercise if, for all of us to do once in a while is go to a church, go to a place you've never been before. Yeah. Or you don't go to usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this back to school nights. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and good one. I, as my one son, we homeschooled, but in around seventh grade, we sent to school. Mm-hmm. So I went to the back to school night, and it just feels very intimidating because I never, you know, I, don't, I think I might have got there late too. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know where to go. So they might have had greeters and stuff like that, and it wasn't on the school; it was me. But I didn't know where to go. Well, you couldn't have been that late. You got to keep your greeters out there for. Yeah, I was pretty late. Fifteen minute late, guys. I, I was, oh, okay, okay. I was intentionally missing one piece that I was warned <laughs> oh, not the, to go to. The PTA to. part that they trick you into <laughs> at the beginning. I know what you're missing. <laughs> so kind of like the consumer, um, but you know, just go someplace where you've never been before. Like you don't know the layout, you don't know where the building is, right. you don't know where the bathroom is, you don't know right where to go. It's very it's, uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. So um, it, and again, if if you're a church person, you're going to go back to church again, and, and but. If you're not if you're not even sure you want to be in church or you yeah. have all these other things, it makes the experience so inaccessible. But if you have volunteer ministers creating a spirit of hospitality, it draws people back and wanting to come back and makes it accessible. Right. So and you have an opportunity to be accessible every weekend. There's probably someone there because their mom asked them to come, or it's Mother's Day, or yep. um, there's somebody there because they want to try it. They heard about it, so you have an opportunity every weekend for that. Somebody doesn't feel like your church is accessible or church in general is accessible. Right. I think, and that's a mentality we have to come into every week that there is somebody coming to church for the first time in a long time or first time ever. Every weekend. Every single weekend. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, we also want to create this, um, culture of hospitality because it communicates an excitement and that and that we are organized and that we want to encourage people. There's a certain energy around a culture of hospitality. Right. You know, we talked in the, the, that podcast a couple of times about another parish I visited, and they realized the energy needed to be improved. And they said the two things they needed to do that were music and volunteer ministers. They mm-hmm. create a sense of excitement from the very beginning. Hey, we're showing people we care about this place, right? Yeah. When you see all these volunteers here, we're like, wow, people take this seriously. Yeah. This isn't just like mailing it in. Right. This no, they're is, not faking it here. Not, right. Yeah. The, it really does create a certain energy in the building. That's what I felt the first time I came here. And I wanted a piece of it, which is why I joined a ministry. Like I wanted a piece of that energy. Um, yeah. And so it, it creates that, that excitement. You know, crowd just creates energy. That's just right. the reality. Um, and a more happy volunteers, crowd too. A happy crowd. Yeah. Right. Um, so from the very beginning, we're showing people we care you know, again, it looks organized when you have all these different people at different places. It seems, okay, there's been some thought to this. You know, people say to us, wow, you guys are so organized. I'm like, really? You think so? But, you know, I think we're not that organized, but we look better than we really are. Right. Because we have all these other people. Right. And then just the encouragement. And I had this example. Uh, my wife, Mia, ran a marathon, the Marine Corps Marathon at the end of October. 
And as she was running it, she, w- she told me after the marathon that it was amazing to see all these people cheering mm-hmm. her on mm-hmm. who came out on a Sunday morning and were cheering, you know, cheering for her, encouraging her. And she's like, and our thought was, well, this is what the church should be. Mm. this is what the church should be like we're running this race of faith and she's like you know my race is important but it's it's just a race at the end of the day right whereas our whole you know running towards heaven running towards god and the whole point of our lives like so i thought that it was an analogy i used for our our volunteer ministers like this is what you're doing you're cheering Cheering people people on on in their faith journey and again especially people that you know right at the start of it or, or on the peripheries like you were, that's yeah. so important. And it's very important. I've been on the periphery of a marathon and wanted to do one because of the energy oh, that was there. Oh, that's too. Yep. I'd never done one, and I was cheering on my family and thought, I want to do this because of the energy involved. Yeah. Hey, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with the fifth reason to invest in hospitality. We'll be right back. Looking for practical ways to grow your church? Looking to come together with like-minded church leaders who want to build healthy, growing parishes? Look no further, as the Rebuilt Conference is the place for you. On April 26th through the 28th, 2020, come to the Rebuilt Conference, where you'll be given inspiration to ignite your rebuilding efforts. Come here from engaging keynote speakers, to be challenged to do more in your parish, and experience the renewal of the Rebuilt Movement. For more information about the 2020 Rebuilt Conference, visit RebuiltParish.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm here with Tom, and we are talking about all the reasons that your church wants to invest in hospitality and their volunteer ministers in this culture of hospitality. Yep. So we talked about so far... Um, just because people matter to God and that communicates people matter, that mm-hmm. it removes obstacles of people coming to God, um, creates a culture that's accessible to outsiders, and it communicates excitement and organization and encouragement. Now, Kelly, I wanted to ask, but you, you went to break, so yeah, did you ever run the marathon? I did not run a marathon, but I did run uh, several half marathons. Okay, all right. So it got you, in, it got you yeah. at least into that. I was a spectator for several years watching my mom and my sister and my brother and my brother-in-law all run half marathons. And it was just so fun to be a spectator, so fun to be a part of something like that, that I wanted to, to be a part do it, it as well. Yeah. There's some analogy there, I think. Yeah. Too. Yep. So hopefully right. people will want to be a part of the body of Christ if we... Are encouraging them. Are encouraging them towards that, yeah. Okay, so our final reason that we want to invest in hospitality is because we want people to come back. We want them to want to come back to church. Yeah, it's that simple. I mean, and again, and and this is a change in mindset. Again, you know, the days of people going out of obligation are over. That's right. Um, You know, I guess some of a generation. I would go out of obligation. Me too. You know, so yeah. I'm on vaca- when I'm on vacation, I'm going to mass because I feel obliged to go. Yeah, and I would I always say like the sin, the the guilt of not going wouldn't be worth the fun I'd have in not being there. Right. right. No matter how painful the experience <laughs> is, I would feel guilty about right. it. So one hour away from the beach isn't going to kill you. Right. Go to church. Go to church. <laughs> yeah, and but that's, so we're, we're we're not the norm. Yeah, we're not, no, we're not. We're not the norm. Most people do not feel obligated anymore. They want to go somewhere where they feel welcomed and loved and accepted and so that's one thing that helps people want to come back 
Um, but there have been times, Tom, that I've been places where I swear You're, I will never, ever go back. Yeah, you probably shouldn't mention these establishments. I will not mention the establishments. There's two in particular that I really um, just loathe going to. Wow. Um, yeah. One is a clothing store where uh, it's sort of um, really nice, fancy, expensive clothing. Okay, and I don't shop at very expensive stores all the time, but this particular store has some items that you can't really get anywhere else around here, and so sometimes I have to walk into it, and it's just the most unwelcoming place. You feel like if you're not dressed a certain way, you're not welcome. Um, I've been followed around, and like people are watching me shop, and and they see me looking at a certain thing, they start talking to me about it. Like, I just want to be left alone. Right. Um, it's very, very inaccessible to me. And I will not go back if I don't have to. Okay. So that was one place. That's one. one. Mm, there's that another one. one. There's another one. It's a big box store that does not have any customer service whatsoever. Huh. No, any, I'm curious. I'll tell no me hospitality. All right. You have to tell me off the, okay. off the podcast what that is. And I just refused. I knew the one store because you mentioned it to me yesterday. When we were yeah, talking. yeah. I refuse to go to this store. Well, I was talking the difference on Saturday nights. A lot of times, I go to Chick Fil A to mm-hmm. write, and um, so I'll work here at Mass. We have our we have our five o'clock Mass, but then I, I write for a little bit, then I get hungry and I go to Chick Fil A near my house, and that's a great experience at Chick Fil A. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I get I get my meal, I get my Coke refreshed. That's yeah. what they say, right? Refreshed. refreshed yeah, not refilled. <coughs> refreshed. refreshed. Yes, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah. um, Chick Fil A has hospitality down. Yes. And so one Saturday, I went to a different place, which I won't say because I'm going to criticize it. Okay. And I don't mind this place, but it was funny. At Chick-fil-A, I mean, they close at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and this other place closes at 10 o'clock. So I understand. I, I They'll come up and say, hey, just let you know we're closing at 10. And I'm kind of a regular now. When so are they telling you that? At like quarter of or yeah, 9.30? Yeah. Okay. All right. Quarter of. All right. Something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I got it. And um, But even that, when I was this other place, though, at like 9.15, Oh, I'm okay. sitting in there writing and I'm again, same you got thing. I 45 go, more minutes. I, right. I can go get my own. <laughs> co- but at 915, they're like putting the chairs on top of the table. Mm. And I'm like, essentially, you're telling me to get that. Get out. Yeah. You know, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. Get the and heck so, out of here. And So I'm never going back there again because that's 45 minutes of precious writing time. Sure. Versus that they've now robbed me because I'm feeling stressed. And like finally about 930, I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to go. Gotta go. Yeah. I'm going to go. So just that difference of there's a difference of hospitality. It mm-hmm. makes you, it makes you want to come back. It's yes. that simple. All right. So, so that's those, the kind of the whys. Yeah. Those are the five reasons why we invest in hospitality. And so now I'm sure that you want to know, well, how? How do we how do we make a culture of hospitality? It's hard to create a culture. It is. I mean, that's another topic no, altogether. But we're going to tell you how to create a culture of hospitality how you here, get the step ministers by step. Motivated. And then next podcast, we're going to talk about what. What exactly yeah, yeah. are the ministers? And then we're going to talk about a little bit what we're just learning when it comes to right. hospitality right now, or hospitality 2.0, as we've been calling it. Um, so number one, just we need to paint a vision for people. Um, describe for people the hospitality you want. So that's a little bit what we're trying to do with the why there. Of Again, and it's so important, again, for you to experience it, to feel it, um, and then paint a picture for people what you're trying to create. Right. Um, again, this, so kind of going back to those last points about why we're doing it, you want to be sharing that with your people and painting that vision of why it matters. Um, you know, describing homilies, dropping the conversations. You know, we do events for volunteers, like our, our Cornerstone event, yeah. um, where we had Natalie from Chick-fil-A come and talk about how they do hospitality there. Yeah. Again, we're just trying to drip vision yeah. on people all the time of, 
here's who we want to be, here's who it matters, you know, telling stories. Stories are great. That's what I wanted to add. Stories are great. If you can tell a story of how somebody um, offered hospitality in a unique way or, or just in an extra kind of way, which we'll get to that a little bit yeah. too, then people people love to hear stories anyway. And, and that really is what teaches them how to right. uh, continue doing that. Or the impact. Again, Mike, who I've just met with, just hearing that and how the whole time and he came back the second week because he was so warmly welcomed yeah. and greeted. And and Mike isn't Catholic or he is Catholic and just he hasn't was baptized been to church Catholic, in a while. hadn't, you know, you know, hadn't been to church in a while. Yeah. I kind of said I would hire you. I was, I was talking about this <laughs> like he was at a restaurant, he's a great waiter, great server. I just thought he was great customer service. I'm like, this is what we're trying to create too. And yeah, yeah. And he I don't know, I intrigued him enough and he and he's like, well, I've been really mean to go back to church. So Aww. I said to come. So cool. Again. Anyway, you got that so one story. So he felt it. So we're, we're doing something right. It's you working know, to some degree. Yeah. Um, our, our friends at New Roads up in um, Belmont near Boston, mm-hmm. you know, they put it this way. Like they want to, everyone who comes will feel loved by us and by God. That kind of simple thing. I think that's a great vision yeah. for what we're trying to create. Right. We want people to feel loved by God and by his, his, his body mm-hmm. when they come to church. Yeah. That's the, that's the vision. Uh, so number one, we got to live it. And then we got to, we have to paint the vision. Number two we have to live it ourselves. We have to embody it in some way. Right. Um, and so how do we do that? I mean, I think, you know, you know, personally for me, I serve on the parking team on Saturday. So mm-hmm. I think serve on a team. Now, like you said, I think you can't do all of it. You know, we have yeah. to, we have to lead by example, but we can't, I can't serve on the parking team at every mass. I have other right. things going on, Yeah. but I can do it once. Yeah. Um, you know, on Sunday mornings, don't be sitting at your desk. Right. You should be out greeting. Be out Just greeting. for even those 15 minutes that, yep. That period of time. That's your job on Sunday. Um, you know, um, so we, yeah, I think just living it out, you know, um, you know, we, the one caveat we have for pastors is, you know, that's harder for pastors, I think. Father Michael talks about every time he goes out to start greeting, the greeters start talking to him instead right. of greeting and the people. They're not greeting, yeah. So I think for those, if, if you find that as a pastor or, or be attentive to that, then at least be greeting the greeters or when they get there, be welcoming them or, or encouraging them. Yeah. Um, so that you're setting the tone. So live it out. By All right. Example. So we have to paint the vision for, for people. We have to live it out ourselves. And then what's the third way we want to identify leaders who get this. Right. So there are going to be people who, when you paint the vision are going to understand that better than others. Right. Um, and so identify them and then begin to put them in charge of the different ministries. Right. Cause there's people that are natural at doing this. It doesn't mean that the people who aren't, I'm not natural at offering hospitality. You're not. No, mm-mm, not really. I'm a little selfish. Um, <laughs> I'm but, not natural at it either. Yeah. Actually. But I'm learning. I mean, I don't want to stand out there and talk to people like I'm not, I'm an extrovert, but I don't, I just, I'm an extrovert with the people that I know and love. <laughs> so it's difficult for me to make, like when you say go mingle, that's very uncomfortable for me, but I'm learning how to say hello and, smile i mean it's not that hard you know so so yeah it's natural to some people those can be your leaders right it's not that hard but it's a it does take a kind of um and i had a word that just went out of my head but a kind of a a humility first of all Mm -hmm. um that you don't take yourself too seriously and you a servant heart for sure Mm -hmm. that you want to serve other people um kind of yeah uh, magnanimity was the word i was trying to find of like like uh, um uh that I want to invest in other people and I can get outside myself. So it's kind of like saying humility and service, but mm-hmm. magnanimous, I think is a kind of a, 
the right attitude. And there are certain people, again, who just get hospitality in your in your parish. And so identify those leaders. Start with those people. So if you're trying to start um, a greeter ministry or a parking ministry, and we'll kind of talk about those more in the next podcast, yeah. um, start with the people that already get that and already kind of em- are, are going to go with you easily enough and then begin the adding volunteers onto those those groups of people. Those teams, yeah, great. And so finally, the last thing that we want to do in order to uh, create this culture is to create layers of welcoming, and that you'll have to stay tuned for. That uh, will be at the topic of our next podcast. So we're going to look at ways that we can create layers of hospitality in our ministries. And so with that, we will be right back. In their upcoming book, Father Michael and Tom dig into one of the most important yet undiscussed topics in all of church world, money. Right off of their successful $15 million capital campaign, Father Michael and Tom give you strategies to fund your parish effectively. In order to complete our mission and vision as parishes and begin the process of rebuilding, we need to have funding available. Jesus had a lot to say about money, yet it seems to be something that we are increasingly uncomfortable talking about. This new book will dive into what Jesus says about funding the church and give resources to parishes for funding the new evangelization, whether it's a capital campaign for a building project or increasing the weekly offertory. You can find all the tools and strategies you need for raising funds for your parish. Be on the lookout for the new book from the authors of Rebuilt, coming fall 2019. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Let's recap what we've talked about here today on the Rebuilt Podcast. We are talking about the one thing that will help your church just to bring people back and change the entire culture, and that is a ministry of hospitality. Why should we have a ministry of hospitality, Tom? Again, people matter to God, mm-hmm. and hospitality communicates that. Hospitality removes the obstacles that keep people from coming to God because there are obstacles out there, and we want to get rid of all those things so that they connect with God and His Word. Uh, create a culture that is accessible to outsiders. So if we want to reach outsiders, we have to make it accessible to people who have not been to church in a long time. And then hospitality uh, communicates excitement. Something's going on here. It's, it communicates organization and encouragement, and it helps people simply want to come back. Uh, and so to do that, paint the vision, uh, live it yourself, identify leaders who get it, and create layers of welcoming. But to create, figure out how to create layers of welcoming, you got to listen to the next podcast in yes, January. We'll be back in January talking about how to create those layers of hospitality in your church that will just bring people back wanting to know more about Jesus Christ. There you go. Great. All right. Well, let's pray. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we just thank you for um, your hospitality to us, that you make it accessible for us to come to you by sending your son, Jesus. So God, as we prepare for Christmas and we get ready for the coming of your son, um, we pray that help us to have the same heart you have for those who are far from you and don't have a relationship with you. God, that we would do everything we can to make a relationship with you accessible. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.